This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Chris Wilferdink and Jeremy Steele hosting the uh, Youth Worker Recharge like we do. Uh, normally, we do these on Thursdays, so this is a special edition, and it's super special for two reasons. Uh, yep. One, it's uh, like seven in the morning Pacific as we record this, so you know you got to know that Jeremy Steele is at his best. I know first thing in the morning, and I've had a shower. Oh, this is good. Yeah, yeah. I uh, wasn't going to say anything about wearing the hat, but yeah, all good. The second reason that it is incredibly special is uh, Jeremy and I are welcoming in Sam Halverson, who is uh, an amazing friend, an amazing um, person in ministry, somebody that I think we have leaned on as a mentor. Um, and we are just incredibly glad to have Sam with us this morning as well. So Sam, uh, would, would you say hi and give us a quick intro? It is good to be here. Um, I have been enjoying doing youth ministry for a long time. Um, I recounted the other day, went back and looked at some old, old pictures from my first appointment and my first uh, youth ministry, full-time youth ministry job and realized it's been over 40 years. So that's amazing. Uh, Jeremy and I have had a couple of conversations about how, um, you know, some of the best stuff in youth ministry happens in that long-term window, right? Like those relationships that you get to keep up and and the growth and change you get to see over a lifetime. If you help out with, you know, like weddings for former youths or. um, I just did one last week in Ohio. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Or or like when you have, uh, um, when you have youth that are now grown up and you have their youth in your youth group somehow. Yep. I've, I've had that too. Yeah. yeah that, right. was, that was really crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, for 40 years, you might have, it's possible for you to have grandchildren of your first youth. That's possible. <laughs> they, do have, they do have grandchildren. Some of them, my first youth do definitely have grandchildren, but, um, but I don't have them in my church. So <laughs> but, <laughs> I have very few in my church. Right? <laughs> so oddly enough, that that is part of the reason we wanted to talk to you today, because as, as Jeremy and I were bouncing things around, we know that not every church um, feels like they have youth or feels like they have a youth ministry. And for people that don't know sort of the most recent movements in your own ministry journey, Sam, um, you had been part of the North Georgia Annual Conference uh, staff for quite a while related to youth ministries and young adult ministries. And um, last year, you got appointed to a church that really doesn't have youth. And so... We're going to pepper you with questions about um, how that year has gone, because you are filled with all of this experience, all of this information about youth ministry, ideas, theories, those kinds of things. And here you are in a place where the rubber is kind of meeting the road um, of a congregation that doesn't necessarily have a recognizable youth ministry on the surface. So we want to pick your brain and, and hear how that's been for you. Well, I appreciate you saying it that way, because they do definitely have a few youth, but right. very few. And so as a result of that, uh, their their response would be, we don't have a youth ministry, when actually the youth ministry that I see there is amazing. But um, but I'll, I want to back up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, w- when I was the conference youth guy uh, for 12 years here, um, fairly recently, I remember a few phone calls I was I was wanting to develop some or, or or find out I was 
compiling a list of the youth ministers in the conference. And so I got this great idea to contact every church in the conference, either on their website or make a phone call and find out who's your youth ministry contact person there. And there were a few very small churches that I emailed their pastor and said, I'm trying to come up with this database. I realize you probably don't have a staff person on youth ministry, but who would I contact for youth ministry at your church? (laughs) And I got two or three responses back with the senior pastor, the, the pastor saying, I'm actually the youngest person in my congregation. And so there are no youth here. So we don't have any youth ministry. I'll let you know whenever we get a teenager on our congregation. And I remember thinking that's really sad that just because they don't have any youth, they're not doing any kind of youth ministry because there are certainly youth in their community. They should be reaching out. Um, And I wanted to, you know, get in there and tell them what to do. And then my appointment came and, uh, and the, they had decided to move my position down to part-time. So they told me I, I would be going back into a local church. And I requested, I, I got to thinking and I, th- I thought it would really help me to, to be able to tell pastors, here's a model that could work if you don't have youth for your congregation to be doing youth ministry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I didn't feel comfortable telling them how to do it if I hadn't tried it myself. So I've, Okay, like this is a great place to to try it out and see what what can happen. So right, that, and yeah, you you finished it. You've written the book, and you <laughs> no. we can yeah. you're gonna you're on tour, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We now have 600 youth at our at our <laughs> tiny congregation. Yeah, oh, wouldn't that be nice to say that? Um, so yeah, my my hope is to be able to talk to small churches like this yeah. and. And, and in ways like this, and just say, here's something we tried. These are the things that work. These are the things that didn't work. And here's where we're going to go from there. Um, so I imagine when you show up at a place that has a perception that they don't have youth ministry, but they have a couple of teenagers. Yeah. I imagine that part of the struggle is changing that perspective, right? A little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I was very fortunate in going okay. to, I'm at, I'm at Hopewell United Methodist Church. It's in uh, Milledgeville, Georgia. Um, there's a college there uh, in that town, um, oh, great. Liberal Arts College. And, uh, and, and there are a few people in the congregation that have worked or do work in the college, but most of the congregation is um, over 65. Um, I would say most of the active people in the congregation are probably even over 70. So, um, so there, any youth that do show up are usually grandchildren of right. members, okay. visitors. Um, there were, when I arrived there, there were two families with youth, one that had two brothers mm-hmm. who were in high school and one family that had two uh, sixth graders. Um, and that was it. And there were a few children that were younger, but, uh, but, but, that was who I had. And, um, and yes, I'm in, in, at first they said, we don't have a youth ministry because we right. hardly have youth. But they, as, as I watched, even the first Sunday, all of their youth were present in worship every single Sunday hmm. um, and, and actively involved. They were doing the sound. They were acolyting. Um, I had all four youth actively doing things in worship regularly. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. So I told them at the next administrative council meeting, you, you definitely have a youth ministry. It's just, <laughs> it's not a youth ministry program. You're ministering to 
and with youth. And you have a better percentage than most of the, every church that I've ever worked with in youth ministry. Right. And you're giving 100% of your kids in worship. Um, so they were like, oh, wow, we're doing really good. You want to write a book about us? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I guess what I would say about that is the the first step of where I think that I needed to go when I came into a church was already happening. The, yeah. the church was already a very welcoming place that was in touch with and um and nurturing its teenagers even before so so i didn't have to convince them that this was important yeah. um i didn't have to convince them of of the need to to bring youth in, into worship for that matter what do you think was the experience of the teens that were involved in that in, in all of that when you first arrived well i'll be honest the two older boys I think we're kind of cajoled into having to be at church Um, and, and the two younger ones, they were fairly new. Their family had just joined um, maybe a month or two before I got there. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the, the two kids um, along with a couple of the fifth graders that were also involved in the acolyte program, I think they were um, drawn to it, to that program and that ministry by the adult that was in charge of it. Yeah. Uh, Anthony and Anthony had this, has this, uh, excitement about it. And I could see how they would be like, wow, I want to do what Anthony wants me to do because, you know, he's really excited. And so my first, it was really interesting. My first Sunday, I'm sitting up there in the pulpit and, um, and the acolytes come down. It's a small church, no more than on that particular Sunday, probably no more than 60 or 70 people. And that was the first Sunday of the pastor. So, you know, more people showed up than usual. And it was during COVID and all, and and the acolytes come down and there are four young acolytes, all dressed in white robes, carrying the cross, carrying the Bible, carrying the the, two of them, carrying the flame. And then Anthony, the adult, who is also dressed in white robes. We've got five acolytes coming down. And my immediate thought was, I need to talk to Anthony. He doesn't need to be doing this. <laughs> you know, just right. let it be the kids. This looks really awkward having this adult coming down. I've told him this. He, he laughed as well when I said it. But by the end of that day um, and seeing how he related to him and how they looked up to him, I, I could see he was the one that was drawing this ministry together and, and they were in relationship with him and having him yeah. be, be the head acolyte in that, in that uh, situation was was a wonderful illustration for anybody who came into church and the importance of having youth involved in worship. There, there's a there's there's a phrase you used and and I want to make sure we come back to it um, because I, I think that it's it's a perfect transition between that story and what people usually think of regarding youth ministry. Right? That mm-hmm. um, you said that that the church really did have youth ministry. What it did not necessarily have was youth ministry programming. Um, And I think that that is like, you know, something that we've been trying to evolve the conversation beyond for a long time, right? When I I do still think when people hear youth ministry, they almost immediately skip to program, right? They skip to youth group, they skip to youth choir, they skip it. And relationship really is the foundational piece, right? Like those are yeah. the cornerstones that that if you've got church members who are in meaningful like friendships and relationships and making connections with the children and youth that are a part of your community, whether those are, mm-hmm. you know, uh, members, kids or grandkids or those kind of things, that's, that's where the seeds of things are. It, it's not yeah. in the program. 
Yeah, when these and and there were a few um, prior a, a couple years prior to me being there, there were a few older youth that had graduated, and that congregation at Christmas time when when those youth came back to to be with their whether they were college students or even just out of college when they came back at Christmas to be with their parents, the nurturing of that congregation was was still very evident and and folks were still very much involved. So, but yeah, any, these, these four youth, if they weren't there on a Sunday, people knew it. And, and, uh, and they contacted, they, they asked the parent, you know, how, how's Noah, how's, you know, how are these, you know, what's, what's going on? We, we missed them last week. Um, and they, they really spend time uh, talking with them every Sunday morning after church, I would see two or three members of the congregation go over and intentionally talk with and spend time with those kids. That was great. Yeah. Um, we ended up, so as the year went and as, as, uh, as I would talk to, uh, to, to some of the church leaders, they would often say, we have got to get youth in here. And, and I, I agreed, but, but their, their issue was, you know, we, we can't just put together a, a pizza party and expect a whole bunch of youth to show up. Um, but uh, the conference did a retreat, does a retreat every spring. Uh, they do a number of retreats, but the one that I've, was kind of drawn toward was the spiritual life retreat that is hap- that happens every usually in March, and I thought we'll ask we'll provide the cost so that n- there is no no issue of of cost for our youth to be able to go, and I will make it so that um, that's that all four of those youth would be invited to come along on that retreat. Mm-hmm. Two of the four agreed to go. One of the older brothers, and then the 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 boy, the younger brother of the sixth grader. And so I got another adult, Chuck and myself, and we took them on this conference, conference ride wide retreat up to uh, Delonica, which was three hour drive from Milledgeville. Um, paid for their lunch on the way. And we had a great, great time that weekend on the way back. One of them talked about how much he enjoyed camp. Well, both of them did, but one of them was really interested in summer camp. So we decided as a congregation to provide summer camp for any youth who wanted to go this summer. Awesome. Which was a big step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But four, four of our youth, and they were all the sixth graders upcoming. By that time, they'd be upcoming seventh graders. Two of the, those right. two that were in sixth grade, they agreed to go, the brother and sister. And then uh, two of the upcoming sixth graders also decided to go. So we right. paid for four kids for their full week at summer camp, um, and they had a, um, an amazing time. Yeah. Uh, in fact, one just finished today. Finishes today. She's she's the last one uh, that went. So uh, so I'll find out from her how it was. But uh, the next step was um, was we scheduled for the summer every Tuesday, uh, what we call Terrific Tuesday, <laughs> mm-hmm. keeping with your alliteration in youth ministry. And, right. uh, and I planned a separate event every Tuesday of the summer. So, uh, and, and, and have no problem bringing adults in to help with those. And that's a variety of things. I, I, we got the youth that are in, that were in those groups. We got them involved in the planning of it so that they came up with some of the different things to do. Mm-hmm. And we're doing, uh, we went hiking one day. Uh, we did, um, a movie the first day, um, went to see Top Gun and that was hilarious because nobody knew who Tom Cruise was and nobody had ever <laughs> seen Top Gun. <laughs> um, 
And then, uh, and then the plan was to go to a climbing wall as well. And uh, next Tuesday, we're going uh, whitewater rafting, um, taking them to a Braves game one day. We did get a grant that helps with that. We got a, a grant through Perkins School of Youth Ministry through their uh, reboot program. Yeah, and that cool really program. helped. Uh, yeah, a two thousand dollar grant so that now I could charge no more than ten bucks per kid on like the Braves game and the. Uh, right the uh uh whitewater rafting um at each of those events we've had we had uh 10 and then 12 show up wow yeah holy cow yeah bringing bringing friends terrific (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's exactly how the the church responds they're like so but but the so my plan is at, at the end of the summer they will have known each other have developed some relationship not only with each other but with yeah. some of those adults and we'll start a confirmation class in September oh, because awesome. most of these are middle schoolers who have never joined the church a couple yeah. of them haven't even been baptized so we'll do right. the whole confirmation the conference does a confirmation retreat um, in the fall and we'll add on to that it'll be a It'll probably be a sh- kind of a short confirmation. I'm not planning yeah. on doing it the whole year, but but we'll do something um, uh, on a Sunday morning, and that'll bring them and their parents in on a Sunday morning uh, a little bit more regularly, and um, and close that off with the confirmation retreat. And hopefully by the end of that time, we'll have a, a an opportunity to to continue a weekly youth ministry program as well. That's really awesome, Sam. That's um, amazing. The uh, well, I mean, we're only halfway through that, and we'll see what happens. No, um, I mean, just even where you are right now is in being starting yeah. in the pandemic. I mean, like that's just really, really incredible. Uh, Jeremy, um, b- before you uh, ask your last question, Jeremy, uh, I just wanted to sneak this this one in there. The um, I'll make sure to put the links for that reboot youth ministry program, yeah. from, uh, Perkins down at uh, uh, Perkins School of Theology. Um, because they've got so a free easy. downloadable guide, which is really awesome. And they do have those micro grants that I think are still available. Um, That's what it was, yeah. Also, there's uh, from Discipleship Ministries, there's something called the One Matters Award. Um, and often it, it gets awarded at annual conference. Um, but it is uh, for a church that has had uh, zero members joining by profession of faith um, and moving to one because one matters. Um, and honestly, like if people are interested in in qualifying for like the thousand dollar award that comes with those, if you have youth that go through confirmation, those are members that are joining there by profession go. of faith. And so you could start to qualify yeah. for this award too. Anyway, I'll make That's sure that cool. those links get in there. And I'm sorry, I, Jeremy, I know you got one more question before we're done. Yeah. So I just, you know, if you have one, you got, we're in the Methodist world, there's, we're in this transition moment where people are starting new churches are going to a different church uh, if you if you had one piece of advice sort of after this for this person that's kind of starting out our church that's a pastor that's like you know what actually i need to i need to take this seriously hmm. what would you say what's the what's the one thing that you said you you're like i you know i this is this is what you got to do like you've got to get this into your head or you've got to take this action step or whatever I, if they were starting either in the same kind of situation I was in or, or am in, or even a church that has literally no youth, Mm -hmm. uh, no teenagers, because there are, um, I I would say, um, I would say the, the first place to start is, is in prayer. 
I mean, yeah. I, as hokey as that may sound, it's it's not. Uh, it, it prayer aligns our thoughts with God's heart, and uh, and for a congregation to be around supporting its teenagers, or supporting the teenagers in its community and recognizing yeah. that they are called, regardless of whether or not they have youth in their church, they're called to be in relationship with young people. I mean, I, I, I think Jesus was spot on when he said, you can't experience the kingdom of God if you don't become like children. I, I, I think his mm-hmm. point was, part of his point was, was uh, in order to have a, a fully developed experience of the kingdom, we've got to have that diversity of many types of diversity, but one would be age. Uh, having a youth ministry is not for the future of the church. It's for the, it's for the congregation that's there right right now. Mm -hmm. So if a congregation doesn't have youth in its midst at all, or youth or children, then I'm hurting for that. And, and I, I want them to start recognizing, uh, the areas, the avenues they can go to, to, to be in relationship with young people. Um, it might just be a, a a small group that takes that on as their mission field, and they're going to go out and, and, and not the mission field of getting youth to come into the church, but right, the mission right, field right. of being in relationship with young people. Right. Um, so that would be the place I would start is having them pray and having them uh, focus on what kind of relationship God wants them to have with the young people in their community. Yeah. Um, before you even worry about, you know, we have to attract them or we have to get a, a budget yeah. so that we can pay for a monthly pizza party or a Heaven forbid, a lock-in or something like that. (laughs) Not that. Well, Sam, thank you so much for being with us and just hearing your story of of how you've been experimenting in this uh, this new church that you were serving. Man, so helpful and, and encouraging. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me.